everybody to the 76th episode of the West Coast Preps Podcast. I am Chris Jackson, joined by Gregory Morlantoon. He's got 13% left on his laptop today. The struggle is real. How are you doing, though, Greg? I mean, 13%, I think that's enough. As long as you don't, you know, keep talking and babble about things I just don't care about, like you normally do in podcasts, um, I should be good. That's good. That's good to hear, but we will keep babbling because I wish Tyrese Halliburton was a warrior. I wish he was a warrior. You'd rather have him over Wiseman? Is that what you just – or you just wish – I think so. I think so. I think I would rather have him over Wiseman. Is this really how we're going to start this thing? Yeah, I think I would have rather have Halliburton over Wiseman. I don't have a comment for that. Halliburton's good. He looks like a veteran. Are, are you waiting for me? Yeah, to I'm respond? waiting for you. I'm waiting for you to say something. You got nothing to say? No, I got nothing. You got nothing. Absolutely nothing. I have nothing about Tyrese Halliburton. You would rather have Wiseman over Tyrese Halliburton? Yeah. Then why is that? You want me to talk about this topic? I'm not yeah. going to talk about this topic. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. So you can talk all you want about yeah, it. Yeah, I think Tyrese Halliburton. I have no comment. Better prospect than James Wiseman. Oh my God. So is Lamelo Ball. So is Anthony Edwards. Are you the one running the Warriors World account? Is that what this? No, is? no, I, no. I'd rather not run that account. Because everyone got mad at Harrison Barnes last night too. A lot of people get mad at Harrison Barnes because he sucked in the 2016 Finals, but played well last night against the Warriors. Okay, I don't know if I'd be mad at Harrison Barnes. I'm over that. That's been five years. I'm just saying what what happened. I don't. I don't understand. James Wiseman's hurt right now. Why are we even having this discussion? I just I like Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, you you can like him. Why don't you go be a Kings fan then? No, I'd rather not be a Kings fan. Don't I mean, that's what it way. sounds like you want to be. No, I just such rather a have, huge fan of Halliburton. I'd rather just have Halliburton on my team than Wiseman. Why are you bashing a 19-year-old? I'm not bashing a 19-year-old. I'd just rather have Halliburton. Than you would Wiseman. never bash one of the kids that we cover in high school. That's basically what he just came out of. No, I wouldn't bash Wiseman. I think Wiseman's good, but I'd rather have Halliburton. That's all I'm saying. Okay, next topic. Next topic of Steph's the MVP. Okay. I mean, there's this posi- I can talk about. There's positive Warriors talk. I don't. They any, won nine of eleven, and you're over here being negative. No, no, I'm positive because Steph is the MVP. I don't understand how Jokic and Embiid are ahead of Steph when Steph has outdueled them every time he's played them. When you watch them, you can see who's clearly more valuable on that court. Who's the best player? It's always Steph. Unless LeBron James is on the same court at the same time. But other than that, Steph Even is always then. always the best player on the court for the most part. And he is the MVP this season. He is going through one of the best runs anyone's ever gone through. And somehow he's fourth in a lot of people's MVP voting. I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's ridiculous. And people need to be why. better. Yeah, tell me why. It's because of their record. That's, that's the only reason is their record. But isn't this just like when the Thunder only had Russell Westbrook pretty much? The record wasn't that much better. Russell Westbrook. Yeah, but they were like a, what, five or six seed or something like that. Yeah, but look He's at, like technically not even in the eight seed spot right now. If they get there and somehow get to the six or somehow a five seed, then I think it's clear cut Steph could at least have first place votes. But it's simply because of their their standings right now. They're only one game above 500. If they don't have Steph, I don't know if 
They won it, more than four games. Okay, I mean, last year was ridiculous. They won more than four. They won, what, 14 last year? Yeah, but the, let's just... Trying to highlight the value of Steph Curry. No, I That's, agree. Without I mean, him, they are... I mean, you just well, look at not. the offensive rating, when he's on the court, when he's off the court, you know, how much better all the players get, or all that sort of stuff. use your eyes watch it. Yeah, or just... I think that's eyes. the biggest thing. The dude has made, what, 87 threes this month? Yeah, so, the most some of these ever. threes. I think his second three hit last night was just absolutely stupid. I'm, the I one don't... that he dribbled off his foot? Yeah. One, yeah. Yeah, that was dumb. Basically just chucked it up from half court. Yeah, and it just goes straight and swish. Yeah. Net barely moved. And he makes it look easy. I don't understand Splash. that. I don't, I don't know how he's not MVP this year. There's just a lot of people that don't like Steph, too, and it's weird. Yeah. I don't get it. it it's never changing. No. But, you but know. Steph, July 19th, on, put that on your calendar. Yep. Just in case. We, we're not going to announce it yet. Maybe tomorrow. Or maybe when this podcast comes out, yeah. we might have something to announce. Yep. But not, Maybe stay tuned for yet. Thursday's podcast, too. For some Thursdays? news, yeah, maybe or Fridays? Fridays. Fridays, yeah, we record on Thursdays. Yeah, I was gonna say I've never done a Thursday podcast. Yeah, it's been a while. Have we ever done one? I don't know. Uh, no, don't we have a guest this week though? Yeah, well, he might have to reschedule. Wow, that's that's actually probably a good thing. Let's wait about a month for him. Yeah. Gonna, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Because we know why. Yeah, yeah, Greg, Greg, and I know why. Same wavelength there. You guys don't know why. Yeah, you guys will find out. Here in, in a few weeks about why you'd rather have him on in about a month or so. But you know what is good? High school sports. There's more of it. Oh, a lot of. There's one other thing that we should talk about too. Oh no. Actually, there's two things. What are the two things about. you want to talk about? One thing we'll talk about at the end of the podcast. It involves one San Francisco team and how dumb they are. Oh, the Niners. Yes. Oh, you want to just say it now? How the fact that they're going to take Mac. What Mac Miller or Mac Jones or whatever? Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. I don't know why people are questioning Justin Fields' toughness or work ethic either. You know, Have you seen how tough that guy is? I actually personally love this though. You know why? Justin Fields can fall all the way into the Patriots' hands. A little Justin Fields in a Patriots jersey, looking nice and pretty, It'd be perfect. I, but I don't get why people are questioning his toughness or work. Did we watch that national championship? He couldn't move. I I'm, I was afraid for his life. I was not afraid for his life. I was. Those Alabama dudes hitting him all game, he couldn't walk. I mean, I'd be afraid for your life because you're not tough. But he's tough. So I was. I don't know. Why are we question? Why are people questioning his toughness? Once again, you're asking me questions that I don't have answers to. You want to go find the answer? Why? Why not? Why would I try and go question other people's ineptitude? You should. But so he doesn't land pointless. so he doesn't land with the Patriots. But that's what I want. I don't want that. Well, a lot of people probably don't want no, that. But when I don't he think does any, end up with I don't think anybody does. When he does end up with the Patriots though, y'all be like, Why did he get taken in the top pick? Why does he keep beating Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs? Yeah, because it's the Patriots and that's what we do. It's wild how Justin Fields went from like a consensus number two pick to everyone else was jumping ahead of him, and Mac Jones could go number three overall. Yeah, <clears throat> and I don't understand how Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones all got ahead of Justin Fields. I, I've. I'm how still is not, he now the fifth best quarterback? I'm still. This not, is like Deshaun Watson part two. Yeah, it really is. I'm not sold on these other guys even. Having them not remarkable NFL careers either. I'm sold on Justin Fields. I'm not sold on Zach Wilson or these other guys yet. And I hope I'm wrong about that. But I just don't get why Justin Fields could fall outside of the top eight. Yeah. 
That's what he does. He, he always we does that too. Yeah, we have a guest. The dog is coming through the podcast. Dax can't talk for obvious reasons because he's a dog, but he can bark, he can bite, he can lick. He's a puppy. He is three months old, seven or eight months is old. Yeah, we got him two months into his life. He's he's a wild one, but he's he's a very loving dog. Dax is gonna go out and start covering some games and taking some photos. So if you start seeing a golden retriever on the sidelines chasing balls and chasing basketballs, you know who he's with. I, I don't think we want him involved. Yeah, I wouldn't want him covering things either. But you know what? He didn't cover any games this weekend. Thank goodness he didn't because. We had some games this weekend for basketball, softball, baseball, football. Football actually just concluded, too, with the Holy War Bellarmine at St. Francis. St. Francis, number 16 in the Bay Area. Both teams came in at 2-2, two and two, but St. Francis, the story of the day. You can check out that recap of gallery, everything else at westcoastpreps.com. Got some post-game interviews with Josh Perry, the quarterback. Then also a junior defensive end and outside linebacker, Clayton Lynham, who's getting some offers. But St. Francis' defense was the story of that game. They forced three turnovers, leads to 21 points, had a pick six. They got 21 to nothing early because interceptions in Bellarmine's territory in the red zone. Great field position. St. Francis capitalized. They gave it to Camilo Arquette, Adonis Hernandez, Valami Teo. And they just start going up 21 to nothing. Now, you got to credit Bellarmine for the fight that it showed all game long. Fought back, made it a 21 to 14 ball game, but then St. Francis once again had some big scores. Defense came through, a big kickoff return by Camilo Arquette. There also sealed the deal. But St. Francis, that ground attack too, and that defense. When you've got three turnovers that you forced, you had Camilo Arquette intercepts a pass, also a star, absolutely star running back in the backfield. You can see why this guy's a two-way star and has an offer from San Jose State. You had Logan Esperitu had a pick, and then Arona Matau had an interception, which his was a pick six there in the second half that really, really put that game away there at the end there in the fourth quarter. But in St. Francis, that defense, too, four other five games held opponents to 20 or fewer points in that league. That's definitely a success, and they had one game where they gave up just eight to Mitty in a 41-8 to eight victory there. We'll go through some of the box score in this one. Josh Perry was... A perfect 6-for-6 six six for 52 yards and a touchdown passing. St. Francis, as you know, runs the ball heavily behind that great offensive line. Perry and Keller Gammons had all day to throw the ball, and it worked. Josh Perry had a touchdown pass there. They had three different guys ran for 38 or more yards with Adonis Hernandez going for 38, Valami Teo going for 60, Camilo Arquette going for 40 yards and two scores. But Johnny Tarantino had a touchdown catch. And then for Bellarmine, Thomas Anderson, 137 yards. And then John Agarpo, a senior, came in for their final drive. It's like a dual threat machine out there. Four of seven, 75 yards to touchdown. Also had a four-yard run sprinkled into his performance. Nico Jackson Sawyer had a touchdown run. Nico Domine, we all know the viral sensation at punter. It seems like every week this dude makes some ridiculous play. at 79 receiving yards and a touchdown. Had some fantastic punts. Two, also a great returner. That's the box score there. St. Francis finishes its season with a 3-2 and two record, a top-20 team in the Bay Area. Bellarmine goes 2-3 and three in its first season under Jalal Beachman. But they've got a lot of young guys they like coming up through that program, so you do see the future is bright at Bellarmine. But, Greg, I know you were at some games as well this weekend. Let's go into first Piedmont El Cerrito softball. Looked like a real pitcher's duel out there. Yeah, one thing before we move off Bellarmine-St. Francis, GMT guarantee one or no this week. Yeah, I picked Bellarmine to win by yep. 
you crow for that. So um, I think I'm now the season champion because I won the final game. Right? Yeah, I, you are not. Take all final game. You're not the season champion. So there we go. Uh, not the DMC season champion. Guarantee wins again. <laughs> not the season champion. Never lost. Never lost. Never lost. Anyways, Piedmont El Cerrito was a great pitcher's duel. Um, we had a athlete of the week, Izzy Epstein, who was pitching for Piedmont, um, and then you had El Cerrito's pitcher Pope, who absolutely both of them just dominated all night long or all day long I should say I think they combined for a total of 10 hits between the two of them for both teams and El Cerrito just got that one run across the board and Piedmont could not capitalize on multiple opportunities throughout the whole game as it was either great defensive play a strikeout by Pope um, they could just not capitalize on the multiple occasions that they had a runner on third, less than two outs a few times, had a runner on third, nobody out at one point in the game, and they could just not get it across. El Cerrito just made their good play when they needed to make it. It was just clutch performances, it seemed like, all night long for those uh, for that roster and that team, and ended up being a really good win for the El Cerrito team. So both teams are really good. Uh, I expect them to continue to play well, but you could see how how good that both those softball teams were, and El Cerrito just made a couple more plays than Piedmont did. You know, with these pitching staffs and pitchers like Charlie's Pope, Izzy Epstein, they'd be dangerous threats in any postseason, right? When you got one pitcher, especially softball, that can do what they do. Mm-hmm. I think they combined for 17 strikeouts in that game from your game recap. You can check out Greg's game recap there from Saturday at westcoastpreps.com. Also, first softball rankings will come out this week on our site too we'll have more baseball our first boys and girls basketball rankings are going to come out too so we've got a lot of fun stuff coming up also vote for our women's basketball game of the week softball girls boys basketball and baseball and obviously the women's basketball too that we'll have games wednesday night to go to so be sure to vote on that then you're also at piedmont san ramon valley boys basketball saturday night and i think you kind of know what happened there and the story of what that game was a few stars yeah, I mean, JoJo Murphy. JoJo Murphy and Tyler Isaac show in the second half, honestly, um, because those two guys just seemed like they were trading baskets up and down the floor every single time they touched the ball. And it seemed like something good was happening. Um, and then you also had Luke Harris, who just sprinkled in 25 points. No big deal. Just sprinkled on, yeah. yeah. I mean, but compared to Tyler Isaac, who scored 40 on the night, and then JoJo Murphy, who scored 31, somehow 25 points went underrated. Um, on Saturday night, but what a game it was. You could tell uh, Piedmont has played a few more games than SRV. SRV, this was their first game of the season, so you could tell the early season, early game jitters for SRV was there, and Piedmont really took advantage of that, and they went up 6 nothing, two early threes for them, all of a sudden 6 nothing, and then had a 10-point lead. Uh, I believe it got all the way up to 12 or 13 at one point, but at the end of the day, it came down to the last couple minutes. SRV cut it all the way down to four points. But a huge basket, basket I should say, by Luke Harris. Um, a layup, and he got the foul at the end of the game. Really was the, the dagger for Piedmont at the end of that one. Um, and they just barely held on. And somehow, some way, Tyler Isaac got scored 40, and they still lost that game. Because Tyler Isaac was one of the best best things I've seen all year from the football field from the baseball diamond that was one of the best performances I've seen from a high school athlete all year long so it was a lot of fun to, to watch Jojo and Tyler Isaac go back and forth but eventually Piedmont was the ones that held on and then talking to to the coaches as well after the game for Piedmont he said this team is still 
learning how to play varsity basketball after losing nine varsity starters last year, or varsity players, I should say. And coming into this year, they're not quite there. When they had that 13-point lead, they couldn't get it to 18 or 20, you know, to kind of put the game away. Instead, they let SRV hang around and obviously talk about Isaac, just what he did to get them back into that game and have a chance to win at the end of the game. So both of these teams are going to be good teams going moving forward. Um, a lot of things to work on for both ways, I think. I think both coaches would agree with that statement, uh, that they have a lot to work on. But I think another thing that talking to the players and coaches after the game was everyone's just grateful to have this season right now, to be able to play basketball, to have you know sneakers on the floor, bouncing the basketball and all that sort of stuff. It's just... It's nice to be, and everyone's appreciative, a lot, especially Piedmont players. Coach says in the huddle every time, after the game, during timeouts, like, appreciate the moment. Just be grateful that we're here. So I think that's, you know, once again, it was like that for football. It's going to be like that again for this fastball season. Just appreciate that we have this opportunity to play anything. Yeah, because for a long time it looked like indoor stuff would not even happen in California. You have to look at it just with the way COVID was going, the tier system we had. When we were locked down for much of the winter, you couldn't even go to gyms. You couldn't go anywhere. So to think that basketball is going to happen, that kids could actually play indoors on a basketball court, and we can actually hear the shoe squeaking, it was crazy. It was probably an afterthought at that point. But now it's here. It's probably it's a beautiful sound in here just to hear basketball just yeah, dribble. It's so on. nice. And then that wasn't the first game that we covered. I also went to um, Archbishop Nitty. Yep. And then also they played St. Mary's, and which was a great matchup, but also went to Granada versus College Park, both girls, women's uh, basketball games. First off, the midi game was absolutely crazy. Midi versus uh, St. Mary's, a game that really, you know, could be played for a championship in a normal season during the postseason. Um, both these teams, high-quality teams. We all know about midi and how what they've done. St. Mary's has been playing fantastic over the last few years and have some great talent. They are young this year, though, but somehow, some way that fourth quarter they only gave up two points after giving up what I believe was 61 points in the first three quarters they go in there and only give up two points against a really good offensive midi team midi's really got good division one players yeah I mean both they had some great players on that roster but St. Mary's somehow comes back all the way from I think they were down at least 13 at one point in the game mm-hmm. and come all the way back to win by 10 uh, and it was an impressive performance all the way through that game Yes, it was. You got to think if there were NorCal playoffs this year, those two teams would have a good chance of meeting in the open division. I would like to think that for sure that would be a heck of a matchup. It's going to be fun to see. So be sure to vote for games of the week for women's basketball, for men's basketball, for softball, for baseball to see which games we end up going to this week and go to those at westcoastpreps.com. Women's basketball voting is going to end Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. So be sure to just vote there. You can search on the game of the week voting. You'll find it for 28-21 for women's basketball is right there. We just put up the poll on Sunday, so vote there. And now we've got some postseason recognition for football, too. Now that football is finally over, our top 45 postseason is finally here. This was not easy to compile, just so everybody knows. There was probably about <laughs> 60, honestly 80 guys we thought that could have been in this these rankings some shape, way, shape, or form. Don't be discouraged if you didn't make it. This one was hard, but we've had numbers 36 through 45 released on the website the last two days at westcoastpreps.com. Man, there's some absolute stuff. I think saying stuff. that this was hard is an understatement. Um, I would say there might still be some shuffling and 
what hasn't been released just because we're so torn on how Let's just, these middle yep. numbers are going to go. It's been a lot of back and forth. It's been a lot of back and forth. <laughs> um, I, we talked about going just top 100 just to try and – just so we could get some of these kids that deserve recognition into this list. But it all starts at number 45 with Jaden Payne, Foothill Senior. Yeah, Jaden Payne had a remarkable senior season at Foothill. You look at what Foothill's done – this season they won an east bay athletic league valley division title they were not really considered one of the early favorites you looked at at amador valley coming back with a lot of talent like eric hunter josh heverly you had hayden roberts along the line matt halgrimson spencer oxy spencer scranton you name the guys gabe solo moved in you had them coming off the eight wins last year the league title livermore with livermore was doing livermore's best season in three decades Foothill lost to Livermore in the season opener, but that was technically a non-league contest. They come back, win that game, win a league title. Foothill's first league championship since 2015, back when Ben Wooldridge, a Division One quarterback now at Louisiana, originally at Fresno State, was the quarterback back when Coach Sweeney was the head coach. Now Greg Hobner's got Foothill back on top in the Valley Division. Jaden Payne was a big reason why. 562 rushing yards, six touchdowns, 95 receiving yards, and a touchdown. And yet, he had that huge championship game against Livermore where he had over 160 rushing yards. Helped Will Foothill to that huge, huge win over Livermore. And then number 44, Josiah Shannon from St. Ignatius. Yeah, I think it's pretty simple for him. Four interceptions, six touchdowns, has an offer from Lincoln University, which shout out John Bowers. He was on staff when he got that offer from you know, I miss John Bowers. Our old friend, John Bowers. He's one of our best friends. Yeah, that's for sure. But dubbing the WCAL, having four interceptions and six touchdowns in that league, very impressive and well-deserving at number 44. And then we move on to the number 43, one of the best tight ends in the country, uh, Christian Pedersen, Sarah tight end. Yep, Christian Pedersen, he's six foot five. You look at it, you might think, oh, just two touchdown catches, right? No, no, no. you got to understand, too, the weapon Sarah has around him. You don't need to throw the ball to Pedersen all the time because you can also utilize him as a blocker pass blocker a run blocker he is unbelievable at blocking just watch the film on this dude one of the best blocking tight ends you'll see out there not just in the bay area but all of america there's a reason why he's a three-star he's going to louisville he's signed there and you look at his offer list tell me air force army boise state cal poly san jose state virginia wyoming yale utah state uc davis also high academic kid too as you can tell with some of these offers very well deserving of number 43 and then number 42 another guy out of the backfield castro valley senior michael lewis 11 touchdowns in five games he was a big guy we saw in the soft season really put in a lot of time and it really showed itself on the on the football field this spring yeah and we've seen him a lot in a lot of showcases he's really put a lot of work in to get to this point and get to this season had 733 yards total averaging 146.6 yards per game had 11 touchdowns in only five games this season. Michael Lewis definitely had an amazing year. And this in this top 45, he is number 42 on the list. And then we move to number 41, one of your favorite players that you have met so far, I would say. I think, think I'm pretty confident in saying that, Nate Bell. I mean, you watch this kid, and he's just so electrifying. One of, one of his assistants calls him Patrick Mahomes Jr. I'm Patrick Mahomes. The way he plays, his hairstyle, it's all very reminiscent of Patrick Mahomes in a lot of ways, what he can do. As a sophomore, very, very underrated 2023 prospect. We mentioned this 2023 class in the BVAL at Pittsburgh in the entire Bay Area. Well, Nate Bell's up there with anybody. He was an all-league pick, 
He was second team all BVAL because first team was Eli Burkhandler. I'm sure Nate Bell here in the future is going to be a first teamer a couple of times to finish out his career. But 856 passing yards, six touchdowns, just one pick, 219 rushing yards and six touchdowns. But you look at his final two games, Freedom, 29 of 34 passing. It doesn't get much more efficient and better than that. 364 yards. He had two passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown in that game. Then the season finale against Heritage, 195 passing yards, 138 rushing yards, four total touchdowns. Pretty good. People are going to start knowing who number seven is now. I know his dad shook around with me after the game. He's like, yeah, everyone knows number seven now, right? Not going to sleep on number seven anymore, Well, Without a doubt. Nate no. Bell's going to be around for the next few years, and he's going to make, make his name known for sure. Yeah, Nate he's Bell a natural. Is just another throw him in there in that 2023 pool that has some amazing prospects and amazing athletes all over in all sports yeah i mean so many prospects you look at him michael lewis has the five offers from brown Long island mcpherson puget sound way the year confident nate bell is going to start getting some soon you might look at him he's not that big he might be overlooked but i think soon people are going to know who he has watched his film talk to him sees leadership he's a natural quarterback I do have one question, though, because you're a Raiders fan, right? So yeah. Derek Carr is your quarterback. Yeah. Derek Carr consistently goes 29-34. So for Nate Bell, that's great, but for Derek Carr, it's trash. Is that That's what I always hear, right? 29-34 for 300 yards from I like, Derek Carr. I trash. really like Derek Carr. I just don't think he's the guy that's going to win you a Super Bowl. That's mm-hmm. it. But they've also got to get a better defense. I think people forget that with Derek Carr. Interesting. All right, I'll move on. Number 40 is someone that we know very well as well from Menlo Atherton, Jalen Moss guy who has to yell every time he runs right not as much as jerry on dickie yeah jerry on dickie yeah eric washington jr mr coach eric washington jr shout out to him actually just had a kid so you got a congratulations to the washington family for that Jalen moss yeah 19 catches 319 receiving yards three touchdowns had a fumble recovery you've got to maybe not the biggest numbers but you got to look at that receiving core man the african has to right him johnny barbie jeremiah irby who just got his first division one offer last week too Lots of just lots of weapons at Menlathrin in that five game season. But Jalen Moss has a lot of offers. Arizona State, Colorado State, Fresno State, Nebraska, Nevada, New Mexico, Oregon, Oregon State, and UNLV. He's a talented kid. I think I went to their first game of the year and he had three catches, two of them were touchdowns. And you know right there just how athletic and how good he is. Um, I know that they had a couple blowouts, so I don't think he played full games uh, for every single one of their five games this year but still had 319 yards and three touchdowns in just five games this year an amazing talent and you can tell he's got all the offers and he's going to go off to the next level and do some great things fresno state go follow in Devonte adams uh, wait, footsteps not a bad spot good and then you go to number 39 eric hunter the third from amador valley who had another great season yeah, only played in three games. You look at it, their last two games were canceled because of COVID-19 protocols. But in those three games, 528 rushing yards. Last year, he was a receiver for a little bit, had great production there, moved over to running back, was a first-team all-leaguer at running back in free safety last year for Amador Valley. This year, 528 rushing yards in those three games. Pleasanton running backs, man, this year. You have Hunter at Amador. Jaden Payne at Foothill. Wish we could have seen those two square off in that season finale there, but Unfortunately, we don't. Good news for Eric Hunter, though. Over the weekend, he committed to Diablo Valley College. He's going to go the JUCO route over offers from Black Hill State in Linfield. He's going to be a guy that does really well at DVC, 5'6", but absolute athlete. Anytime he touches the ball, you know there's a chance he's going to take that thing to the house. 
Yeah, and then it's just that's one of those things where size doesn't matter for him. He's gonna find a way to to produce for the team, help the team win. Um, no matter what you ask him to do, he's gonna go do it for you. And you can see the production: 520 yards in just three games this season. Absolutely amazing, and like you said, just a pure athlete for him on the field this season. But we're gonna move to number 38 to the two-time West Coast Preps Men's Athlete of the Week winner, Logan Stelling. Yeah, the Christopher Senior. Just three games this season, 648 rushing yards, seven touchdowns, 79 receiving yards and a touchdown. And like you mentioned, two-time athlete of the week award winner. Yeah, I mean, he is absolutely balled out multiple times this year. Um, only got to play three games this season for their schedule, but twice he wins athlete of the week for West Coast Preps. Like you said, 648 rushing yards, seven touchdowns in just three games. And he had what 300 yards twice or something like that almost twice or 300 total yards just insane for logan stelling what a year he had and then we go to someone that we already talked about a little bit today but number 37 is camillo arquette yeah just a two-way threat he can do it all he can score he's getting touchdowns out of the backfield he's intercepting passes defensively as a linebacker too he's got a san jose state offer a big reason why st francis is number 16 in the bay area football rankings a year's end Camilo Arquette's number 37. And then number 36 is a very confident kid. But for every reason, you, you know why. Because you know he puts in all the time imaginable. He's one of New York State's top receivers last year. And now this year he moves to California. Goes to Angelo Rodriguez High School. Plays for Stevie Johnson, a former Buffalo Bill, too. Funny how that kind of works out. Just a small world there. Number 36, Anthony Homa. And that production he had, just sick. Off the charts, 45 catches, 631 yards, and six touchdowns. Also had eight two-point conversions converted this season as well. Anthony Homa absolutely balled out this week. I know he had a goal that going into the year, 20 catches in one game. He got close. I think he got to 17 in one game, um, which is already amazing. 45 catches, though, this year. Anthony Homa, number 36 on the top 45 barrier rankings. And that's all that's been released so far. Yep, that is all that's been released so far. Stay tuned for number 35 through 31 tomorrow at westcoastpreps.com and for the rest of these rankings over the next week, week and a half. And then the last thing we've got, some Bay Area football rankings. Go check that out, the final ones of the season at westcoastpreps.com. The top three, as you guys could probably guess, De La Salle, but NorCal streak just keeps living on. Will it ever end? No, it won't ever end. Honestly, the world will end before it ever ends. I think we'll find out next year. Yeah, number two, Sarah, 5-0. and oh, Greg's confident that thing will end, but I'm not confident it will end. And number three, Pittsburgh, also with 5-0. and oh, Those two teams will play next year. Is it week one officially? Have we officially got that yet? I am not sure. I would – why don't they just play three or four times in non-league? Let's just have a series. Pitt is what? So they go Wilcox. They got Folsom. Sarah. Is Folsom official now? Yeah, Folsom's on there too, it looks and like. And then there was one – the Valley Christian. There was one other big team, and then obviously De La Salle in the playoffs when they beat them. But I can't remember that fourth team. Anyways, Pittsburgh's schedule next year is stupid, and all these guys are gonna be juniors. We all know about their twenty twenty three class. We're all gonna be juniors, so it's gonna be make or break for them. You know, we'll we'll find out real quick how good these guys are. You know, if it, the twenty twenty three class is as good as everyone has said that they're going to be. We're going to find out. So, uh, Chris is over here doing some research right now. 
I'm only at seven percent, so there's no such thing. Oh, you've only lost six percent. Yeah, you know, well, I'm not really using that. During I'm just the, here to look at notes. That's a good thing, though. That that's good. That's good yeah. that you're not losing a lot. I'm trying to pull up this schedule for next season, but yeah, it's it's a ridiculous thing. I don't can't wait to find out the weeks of each of these games. There's going to be a lot of. Yeah. A lot I know. Of I know some schedules are already starting to come out. It's crazy that. The season just ended, but we're already releasing schedules for the next season in the fall, which yep. is only a few months away. <clears throat> but next season's going to be... Do you have a prediction for that Sarah pick game and what we presume is week zero, week one? Sarah. You're picking Sarah. Yeah, I'm going to go Sarah for that one. Wow. <clears throat> it's going to be a good one, though. Dominic Mahasin are definitely a duo that... It's hard to ignore how good they have been already and how established they already are. Obviously, Pitt is going to lose Eli Brickhand there. He's going to be going off to to college. Not sure quite where yet for Eli Brickhand there, but I think we have finally found the fourth opponent. I know we have three of them. So here is Sarah Valley Christian Wilcoxon, probably possibly Folsom. There we go. So it was Valley Christian. Yep. That, Look at that schedule. That is a heck of a schedule. Folsom's been a NorCal power for the last for just years. Honestly, you've got yep. Sarah and Valley Christian, two top four teams in our rankings this season. Wilcox, the number of top 25 team, came within a point of a league championship there from Los Gatos. So that pit schedule is well, it's sick. And it's not like when they get into league, the BVAL schedule isn't that easy either. Because once they get into league schedule, there's a lot of good teams. We talked about Liberty and how good they are going to be with Nate Bell you know, under center for the next few years. Heritage played really well. They have Devin Rivers over there for a few more years. So it's not like BVAL gets uh, a whole lot easier for them as they get into that season. So we'll see how Pitt does next year. It's going to be uh, – we'll find out week one. Dale South is going to be number one next year. Don't – there's no uh, – you're number one until you lose. I believe in that. So they're number one next year. No surprises. There you go. There's your way too early number one top <laughs> 25 prediction. Dale South number one. But at the end of the year, will they still be number one? Yes. I don't know. Yes, they it will. It could be. be Sarah. Yeah. It could be Pitt. It will be De La Salle. It will it'll be, be one of those three teams. It'll be no. It's only going to be one of one team. And that's De La Salle. You're so confident, in De La Salle. Well, how could I not be? I don't know. It, they got a new quarterback next year. No more Dorian Hill. Yeah, they got another kid rolling through the program that's already got offers. <laughs> he got offers before his high school career even started. Yeah, well, they got Dominic and Lafkin this year. Yeah. Jaden Rashada. Yeah, I know. Multiple Power yeah, Five offers. I, I, I know Auburn, about these. Auburn. I, I know about these kids that Do these you? schools have. Are you sure? Oh, they are remarkable. They Rashid are Williams. Good. He'll no, be back next year. Nothing against any one of those teams, but De La Salle. Hassan Mahasan. You're just trying to make me look bad, aren't you? I'm De just La, saying. De La Salle's the best team. How many top 45 kids are going to still be on De La Salle next year? They'll have a new crop that comes up and just dominates the. That's the way. Oh, that's the way. It always is a De La Salle man. Always. We we know what the top forty five is. I see a lot of Sarah kids in there that are returning. I'm just. I, I'm here stirring the pot. That's <laughs> yeah, all I'm you're, doing. You're trying to stir it, and I will not be stirred. De La Salle is number one until, well, if they ever lose, which I'm not. I don't know if they'll ever lose. Yeah, I know. I know. I went to De La Salle that one game this year. I'm not a huge. Uh, I'm not loved there. That's for sure. As you shouldn't be. Yeah. For obvious reasons. For the slander <laughs> that you've put against the Spartans who have only had a movie made about them. They've won all these 
got the greatest win streak in high school sports history, pretty much sports history. They've um haven't lost to a Northern California team in thirty years. What more is there? I just I just like to stir the pot. What can I say? Yeah, great, great. Guess. Do I believe the things I say? One hundred percent. Will it happen? It's a fifty-fifty at this Skip point. Skip Bayless Jr. Skip Bayless. Okay, that's just offensive. That's just. You're stirring the pot. That's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. But I actually believe that in the next few years, there's a lot of good rushers out there. Okay, we'll see if you say this off the air. We'll see if you say it off the air. I truly believe that Sarah and Pitt are going to have two amazing teams for the next two years. They, well, yeah, they, they, I mean, I think anyone can say that, but they, De La Salle's the best one. I'm just saying, I want to see open division, playoff football, Pitt, De La, Sarah, De La, all the above. Let's, see, let's have a round robin. Yeah, I was going to say, have a round robin. They each play each other, then we have a championship game set up from there. Yeah. What do you think? Who's the fourth team we put in that round robin? Is it Valley Christian? I don't. I don't think Valley Christian is going to beat Bela. Is there a fourth team? Is it Clayton Valley Carter? They just lost twenty-one-seven to them, but they put up a good fight. Menlo Atherton. Menlo Atherton with Jalen Moss, Matt McLeod. Mm. There's still nobody that would beat De La Salle. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I think there's two teams in there that could be. There's three teams in the Bay Area right now that are the cream of the crop, and then there's the rest of the Bay Area. For football, I should say. Yeah, there's a lot of young kids going to Sarah, too. They, they've got talent for years. They might be number one for a few years. Number one? Once they beat Dela. So you're confident they'll beat Dela, too? Stirring the pot. Stirring <laughs> the pot. Dela sounds just not like Greg. <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious as to why. If he questions it, well, I don't know why. I don't know what they mean. I went to one of their games this year. They played great. I love Dorian. Great player. Zeke Berry, amazing player. Lumagio Hearns, amazing. Nico Torres, after the week. They got some great talent. Just saying. There's a lot of great talent out there, too, on some, other, there, some of these other there rosters. There really is. There really is. But De La Salle's number one. There's three super teams out there right now. De La Salle's number one, though, until they lose. Once they lose, if, though. If. Once they lose. If. At some point, if they will be number two. If once. If we might be eighty years old, but once they lose. Can we get De La Salle against St. John Bosco to reschedule and play next year? Who is what's the Texas team they're supposed to play? North Shore. North Shore. Yeah, the defending back to back state championship. I think we should get that on the schedule next yeah, year too. I would like that. Let's get North Shore on the schedule. Let's get St. John Bosco on the schedule too. Yeah, that sounds like a sounds like a good yes crop of teams over yes. there. Let's get Pitt on the schedule and let's get Sarah on the schedule. Yeah, let's just get it all. Well, that, there's your four non-league games right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all. That's all you need. That's all. You could honestly end the season after that. Yeah, you can. four game season. There yeah. you go. Well, obviously, just replicate the spring pretty much. <laughs> exactly. Once we get back to more normalcy, now nah, we're not ready for normalcy. <laughs> let's just do it again. I mean, after those four games, do, do they really need to play any more games? No, but yeah, probably. For film, for offers, I mean, maybe if they're zero and four, they shouldn't keep playing. Yeah, De La Salle would not go zero and four. If they played those four teams, possibility. There is no possibility <laughs> of that whatsoever. I don't know what you are saying right now. De La Salle zero and twelve. <laughs> I can't even keep a straight face for that one. <laughs> I want to reverse those numbers. It's been reversed for the last how many years? Thirty. Mm-hmm. 
and throw another 30 years we go. I just I just want to stir the pot. That's all I now, want to do. You know what, Greg? You, you mentioned the Mac Jones thing. Was there something else you wanted to mention? You said I want to talk about the San Francisco Giants. A little bit. Why? Why? I can't talk about my favorite team. You over here talking about Tyrese Halliburton and LaMelo Ball, but I can't talk about the San Francisco Giants who are one game back of the L.A. Dodgers for first place. Can we just have the Dodgers play the Padres every game? No. Because the Padres are in third place behind the Giants. Yeah, for now. Um, you know, this is why I don't. Are you talk starting to be a Kapler fan though? No, I'm still not a Kapler fan, but I'm a Giants fan, and this team's good. Yeah, both Barry baseball teams are actually doing well right now. Yeah, remember when you said Barry sports is dead? Ever since then, they just <laughs> no Barry sports. Barry sports are still dead because we're gonna keep having a, it's reverse psychology. Reverse psychology. Yeah, but it wasn't reverse psychology when you said that. Well, I'm going to just keep rolling on that train of Bay Area sports are dead. Yeah. Don't forget the NFL draft is this Thursday, too. Yeah, and the Raiders are going to draft another toy that they don't need. They're going to draft another receiver. When the Raiders need defense. How negative are you? The Raiders need defense. You are the most negative person I've ever met in my no, life. No, the Raiders need defense. Oh, boy, I'm at 5%. Oh, you've only lost 8%. That's good. We, Not bad. We have more of the pot to stir about the Raiders drafting. Yeah, we also have a couple of Bay Area guys get drafted. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we're going to have Javon Holland's going to be an early pick this year. If we hear Nashawn Wright's name in this one, Najee Harris will be a first-rounder after what he just did at Alabama. That's Najee very... Harris to the Patriots. I wouldn't mind that either. You know what? Let's just take all of them. Javon Holland, Najee, Justin Fields, Tom Brady who? Who needs Brady? Didn't he just won the seventh Super Bowl? Shh. We don't need to talk with another him. team, which shows Stop. the system was Tom Brady. Tom I Brady's thought, I not thought a he was sy- system quarterback. No, Tom Brady's not a system quarterback. I've always heard from he our is, buddies that he's he a is, system he quarterback. He is not cis Tom Brady. He is goat Brady. Hmm. Interesting. You guys go back and forth on that all the time. It's more to get you going. Yeah. Hey, San Francisco Giants, one game back to the LA Dodgers. They don't play until late May, though, this year. Wow. For the first time. That's weird. Weird in the schedule. I don't think that's ever happened. No, it hasn't. Best belief when they come into San Francisco. Let's bring out those brooms. Guess who will not be watching that series? You, because you don't care. You're too negative to care. I don't care about the Giants. You don't care about anything. You're just too negative. <laughs> go watch Tyrese Halliburton and Lamelo. I will. Ball. I will go watch them because I wish they were Warriors. It's awful. Why don't you be appreciative of what you have? Appreciative of what I have. I don't. Yes. I don't want to watch some of these guys. I want to watch. I want Tyrese Halliburton. What's wrong with Wanted Connor Anderson? JTA is great. I love JTA. There's not, not not once have I slandered JTA. So that's teammate. Remember that Bleacher Report? Oh, that book? was bad. Yeah, that, that was, was that was bad. JTA is good. All right. He's so then, then what's what's wrong? You don't like Jordan Poole? You don't like Pool time? No, I don't mind Jordan Poole. He's he's really developed. So, so what do you you don't like Gary Pitt? What happened Payton? to Eric Pascal? He's hurt. But like, even before he got hurt, what happened to him? What do you mean what happened to him? He's been playing decent all year. No, he, he went through a little slump, man. He just kind of just wasn't the same. He went through that one-month stretch as a small ball center where Eric Pascal was light years ahead of the world. I don't know what's happened. More negativity. I don't know what's happened to the Warriors. The Warriors are dead. No, they won 9-11. <laughs> they're, oh, my God. I got Greg going. There we go. Time to stir the pot. My stirring the pot's much more fun. Steph is not the MVP. See, you just had him see here you are moving the goalposts. You just said he is MVP. Now he's not MVP. Changing the narrative. So who's MVP? 
Anthony Davis. He's only played 10 games this year, but I think he should win it. I forgot Anthony Davis even played 10 games this year. <laughs> Honestly, I haven't heard his name in a while. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Steph Curry. Oh, so now it is Steph Curry. Yeah. Oh, weird. You just said one minute ago that it's not Steph Curry. Yeah, well, opinions change. You want to know who the MVP of the baseball season is? Who? Buster Posey. He comes back all of a sudden. They're 14-8 or whatever their record is. He's the MVP? He's the MVP. And that Brandon Crawford. That He's wraps, up there. You know, He's got to be up there. That wraps MVP it up voting. for the 76th episode of the West Coast Preps Podcast. Greg's laptop is almost dead. You can follow us on social media, West Coast Justin Preps Fields underscore. MVP next year subscribe for the Patriots. to our YouTube page and follow all of our work. Yeah, New West Coast Preps. Oh, I do my best to fall back and not, not make a sound. sound. I'm gone. I'm gone.